We're gonna, we've been going through this series, um, Slow Kingdom Coming, and I just wanna, um, this is our scripture that we're gonna read uh, through again as a prayer. Uh, again, I just think it's, it's scripture um, is, is given to us, and, and we can actually pray this stuff, all right? And um, we can actually be crazy enough to believe that, that God is, uh, it will, he will activate his word in our lives, all right? Um, and I don't think that's actually a crazy thought at all. I just think that's the plan. And so Psalm 1611, um, it says this, if you want to pray this with me. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That's pretty cool, all right? And you're like, Andy, you've, we've prayed this. Let's go with 18 times now, all right? Here's what I want to say, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to continue to say it. Don't let Scripture become a rote thing that you just read through. Let it, let it begin to transform your life. Let, let, let the Word of God say, okay, wow, let's, let's read this again. Let's slow it down. Let's pray. And here's the cool part. You can pray with your eyes open, all right? And so here's what it says. Let's, let's read it again, and I'm going to keep the pace here, okay? All right, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. Okay, you can be seated. All right, that's good stuff. Uh, that, that, is, that is good news, that I don't have to wander through life, all right, I don't have to go through and, and I, I'm feeling my way through life. I don't know it. Like, you make known to me the path of life. Now, what does that say, though, too? It says that then we have a choice to follow what he has made known, all right? You fill me with joy. I might not always be happy and like, oh, here we go. Okay, but there's a joy that is foundational, that is found only in Christ, Right, so there's this, this joy. We know that, that eternal pleasures at your right hand, that doesn't just, that's not, again, we talked about it this morning when we were in a little, little group. It, it's not the cloud and the harp, okay? It is, uh, it is, it is these pleasures that even, even now, the now and not yet, that we get to experience the kingdom of God now. Now, I'm gonna ask my tech crew, Drew, will you do me a huge favor, and will you hit um, house lights, soft white, please, because I'm looking at a bunch of Smurfs right now. Can you do that for me? Is Drew back there? Okay. I think you're going to have to go to the, to the tabs button. The button's number one. It'll be worth the time. Go to the, where you see all the buttons. Go to house lights and go to house lights, soft white, please. Got it? Smurf Central. Awkward. You get it? Claire, will you go back there? You clicked it? Must not be communicating. Okay, I'll take the Smurfs. It's worth it. All right, here we go. So, good stuff. All right, 
If you're not here in the room, just understand that I'm, okay. Why are you guys so sad? All right, um, so blue. All right, here we go. So we're going to continue on this series, all right? We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. It's, uh, it's this gigantic discourse over three chapters, all right, where Jesus is going to give a teaching. And again, I want us to look, this is not Jesus taking bits and pieces of humanity and he's going to address this and then he's going to address this and, and it's not that at all. This is, this is one entire teaching, all right, that is separated over three chapters. In your Bible, um, it probably has little titles above each section. Uh, that wouldn't be there. That's for the modern reader, all right? Uh, that would not be there. And in the Greek, it would be just one thing that's going on here, one, one discourse that's happening. And, 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 and in his teaching ability, Jesus is also then, he's building, as a good teacher would do, um, foundationally, all right, uh, he builds from, hey, this is what the life in the kingdom looks like, all right? Again, not a checklist of things that you should be doing. This is what life in the kingdom looks like. And then he says, he's encouraging us, okay, let's, let's then build on that. And he's in this section of, of you've heard it said, but I say, all right? And we talked about that and, and uh, you know, anger we've talked about. We've talked about adultery. We've then talked about divorce. And today, we're going to talk about making these vows, all right, or swearing calm. We're not talking about cussing here, okay? Um, we're not talking about that. It's like swearing. I swear. I swear I did this, man. I swear I'll do this for you. I promise I vow to do this. I vow by the wingtips of gold on my shoes. You know, I don't know what we, these silly vows that we make. And so it's here that we're, where we pick up in Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Um, and it says this, you have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows that you make to the Lord. But I, this is Jesus speaking, but I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. And do not even say by my head, you can't turn one hair white or black. Just simply say, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Very short little section of this Sermon on the Mount. Super important. We need to understand that vows were made. This was something that was happening in Jesus' time. Um, so there's some context here. Uh, as the law was given um, in Numbers, it, it says, you know, you can, you can make, hi, you can make a vow to the Lord. Um, you can just, hey, how are you? You can just leave it alone. It's fine. Don't, please. Okay. And so, because I have a feeling pretty soon we'll be discoing up here, um, which will be fun. Okay. Uh, uh, and so these vows are being made. Now, what we see happening 
all right? If, if you go back, here's what happens. These, these teachers and the Pharisees and the scribes, what are they doing? Well, they said, you know, you have to be as righteous. Jesus said to be righteous, but what was he talking about? You'd be more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees. But Jesus is talking about genuine righteousness, all right? And so what he says here is they're not really righteous as they look, these scribes and these Pharisees. They might actually, they might actually look really good. They might have the exterior, and it's, and it's clean, and it looks fantastic, but the interior is rotting, and we've talked about this. And so these, these vows that are being made before God, and, and you know, you would vow by anything, let's say, sacred, all right, that was known to be say, I vow by, um, you know, the, the, uh, the angels that are on uh, above, the, the angel wingtips above uh, the seat of mercy or that are there. I vow by the, by the curtain in the, in the temple or, you know, these things that are sacred, all right, that probably don't really have anything to do with what you're vowing. But here's what we find is that, that this is going on. So again, they've turned something that was intended for good into something that now bounds people up or binds people up, all right? And so I want to ask three questions again today, all right? And the first question is this, what is integrity? And I think this is so important that we know what this is and then that we act upon it. Integrity is defined the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. Now, we could get into that definition and say, what, what does that mean? Do, do those still exist today, moral principles? Do we all share a common morality or a moral code? The answer would be no, all right? That, that is apparent, all right? But, but if we are sourcing everything, our existence, if we're saying, God, you are, you're worthy of it all, and we're going we're gonna to base our life on the things that we see and hear called the good news of Jesus, um, then that is our moral compass at which we're going to operate from. And so this moral uprightness. Now, have you, you've had people in your life I'm sure, like I have, who exemplify moral uprightness, right? People that you can look at and say, that is a person, if we will, of integrity, all right? And the last thing, kind of like humility, the last thing this person is going to say is, "Ah, I'm such a person of integrity. That's the last thing they're going to say. They don't need to tell you they are, right? Just like with humility, gosh, I'm so humble. Immediately disqualifies them from being humble, all right? If someone says, I'm just, just, I'm so a person of integrity, you're like a question mark, like why did they have to say that, all right? They didn't have to say that. Here's what, here's what it is. It becomes very apparent in the way that they live their lives, that they are a person. Our lives tell a story, all right, way more than our words do, oftentimes. Our words tell a story too. There's no doubt about that. But, but Jesus, here we find Jesus, the, the ultimate example of what it is to be human. I mean, he's fully human and fully God. 
And he demonstrates integrity over and over again in his life. And he, he does it in a way where he doesn't stop and say, now let me tell you what I did there, kids. All right? He lives, he is the essence of integrity. All right? So over his whole life, um, he was the most moral, upright person who ever lived. We've, t- we've said before, he is the best teacher who ever lived. He is the most intelligent person who ever lived. Albert Einstein, eh, okay, he was intelligent. Jesus is at a different level, all right? And so he is the most, the most moral, upright person who ever lived. And staying true to what he was called to do, everything that he said and did centered around integrity. As I had this thought, I said, Man, did it center around integrity? I, I really believe that it did. Even dying on the cross was an act of integrity. Think about that with me. Everything that he did is based in integrity. He knew what he was called to do, and he did what he was called to do unapologetically. And he stayed true to who he was. He was the son of God. He stayed true to that. Did he, did he ever think, like, when he said, God, if there's any way, okay, that this could pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done, all right? Now, think, think about that. That is an ultimate act, giving of yourself for the entirety of humanity, that is an act of integrity. He lived out his life. He didn't talk about it. He didn't have it as some nebulous concept in which we would just go on and we would meet with co- we would meet for coffee and we would talk about integrity and we would discuss it and, and I would recommend a book on integrity and then we'd have a book study on that and, and then we'd go through and, and we would just talk a lot about integrity. No. He lived it. It was concrete. And I want to say today, it is still concrete. Integrity is still concrete, and it can still be lived out. And so question two, which I thought, it just struck me, and I see some others in the room that it might strike a little bit more closely as it does me. Why can't I swear by my hair? Okay, for some of us in the room, we already know why we can't swear by our hair, all right? For others that have hair, all right, um, why can't I swear by my hair? I, I just love this, uh, his commentary on oaths, swearing by, vows, they're all synonyms. It's just so rich, right? Jesus says, you know, he, he knows what the Scripture, he's, he's, he's not... Um, He's not lost on what, uh, what the scriptures say, okay? You guys understand that, right? He was there when all this was happening. All right, so he's not lost on what they say about vows, okay? He knows, you know, Numbers 30, uh, verse 2, a man who takes or makes a vow to the Lord or makes a pledge under oath must never break it. He must do exactly what he said to do. He knows all of those. He gets it. 
all right? But, but he's saying this. He knows that people's hearts have changed towards that law, that, that the, the progression that we've seen is, again, it's not freeing, it's binding, Right? So just as the scribes and the Pharisees have made all these laws and you know, the intricate little things and all this stuff that you have to follow and it's not freeing people, it's binding people, and, God, and Jesus is saying, no, I'm, I'm here to set people free. All right? He doesn't say, you know, away with this stuff. What does he say? Not a dot or tittle of it will go away, but let's get back to the heart of what it actually is. And that's what he's calling people to do. So, these vows, what have they become? Let's look at what they've become here. They've become an, a form of exterior righteousness and oftentimes a form of manipulation. If I can swear to you that I'll do something and I'll come through, what am I actually doing? I'm, I'm kind of manipulating your feelings, how many of you love going to car dealerships? It's the best, right? It's, a, it's an experience I want to live out weekly, all right? You feel like you should be there for an hour. I feel like most of it should be able to take place online now, right? You should be able to walk in and in, you know, 20, 30 minutes tops, sign all the documents, see you later. That's if you were taken alone. You're there. And every time you go, are you guys like me? You go and you think, because and, you don't go that often, I don't. And you go and you think, it's 2021. It, the process is going to be better. And you get there only to find out that the process is the same. Six hours why am I here? I feel like I've gotten a year older being here, all right? Now, that, but have you been to other car dealerships where you do feel like it, the process has changed? You actually walked in. You signed documents. You left. You're in your car, and you're thinking, how did that happen? How am I out? My expectation was to be there for six, seven hours. I was there for an hour. This is crazy, all right? And so think about that. Well, we, what do we do? Well, we tell our friends about this car dealership. No, these people were real. Dude, they didn't try to hassle me for anything. They didn't try to do anything that was crazy. They just said, hey, this is the price. This is what we're charging you. This is what we can get you as far as your financing. Do you want to do the deal? Let's do the deal. Sign these documents. Oh, you want to do it online? Do it online. Come in. Boom. We tell people about that place, right? We tell people about the other place too, don't we? Dude, don't ever go to that car dealership, bro. 10 hours. 10 hours. I drank so much coffee when I was shaking the documents. I was shaking. Okay, when I was signing the documents, I'm like, Ugh. okay, I don't care. Take everything. Just get me out of here. All right? I went in for a Corolla. I left with a Lexus. I just wanted to leave. I can't even afford the thing. I didn't care, though. All right? Hopefully that doesn't happen to you. But, but you guys know what I'm saying, okay? There, there, there are these forms of manipulation. They, well, you know, what have you thought about, you know? Have you thought about doing the extra protection? What if by chance a, a branch comes by and 
destroys your entire car because it happens every day. Don't you want that extra protection on the paint? You're like, all right. What if someone looked at you and you said, dude, that thing's a crock. You don't need that. Just move on, all right? You would feel like, oh, okay, this, this person I can trust. All right, so manipulation. We, we take the more sacred the thing is that is sworn by, right? We take it more serious, all right? The more serious the oath. And what I found in my own life is I play around too much. I do. With my kids, I play around too much. I'll say stuff to them. They're like, are you serious? I mean, simple stuff. Like, hey, let's, we're going to run and uh, grab something to eat, just you and me. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to calm down, all right, like with the playing. Because, you know, it's like my boys will be like, let's go get something to eat. And they're like headed out the door, and I'm like out of the fridge. And they're like, Dad, why would you, okay? And so, anyways. Uh, and, and so, but we, but we have this tendency, though, to then to promise, right? Like, I swear, how many of you guys said this? I swear to God. How many of you have said that? Maybe. Okay. My son raised his hand. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe some of you haven't said that. I promise. I pro- I, I'm a, how about this one? I promise on my life. I promise on my mom's life. Oh, bro, he's serious now. Okay. He's, he didn't promise just on his life. Now he took it up to his mom's life. He's serious. All right. And, and the more serious it gets, right? We're like, no, man. I don't know why you guys sound like that when you make those promises, but, but, but it, it can become this distorted word. And Jesus brings it back into the proper perspective. I love this. His, here's what he says, paraphrase, those verses paraphrase. Don't swear by anything because nothing is yours. Don't swear by anything because nothing is yours. Nothing is truly yours. He goes, I, I, I get the vow, Okay, out of numbers, I understand that, but you have turned it into something that is absolutely binding. And he says this, uh, Jesus is simply calling us to, not simply, but he is calling us to live a life of integrity, understanding that we are dependent on God. Understanding, wow, we get to partner with God, but nothing is really ours, all right? We can't swear by anything because we don't own it. So Paul, uh, writing about uh, living in this new covenant that Jesus is talking about in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, which he continues on to chapter 3, and that's where we're going to look right now is 2 Corinthians uh, 3, 3, uh, it, it says this, clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This, quote, letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Again, this concept of we take it out of this cerebral brain, intellectual or nebulous idea that's out there and we bring it into the concrete. That that. You and I, as followers of Christ, are what are called living epistles, living letters. I mean, when we think about this, 
It's more than an external verbal show that says how serious we are about what we say. We know this, that integrity actually matters, that your yes and your no's matter, that your words matter, that your action matters. And why does integrity matter today? Integrity matters today just like it has throughout time because you're called to it. Jesus called people to be people of the kingdom of God, people who carry the Holy Spirit, people who are being transformed into the likeness of Christ, people who carry and share the gospel message of Christ known as the good news, not just in word, but in deed. If we, if we just look back a few verses in this same chapter, Jesus is, is saying, hey, listen here, in the same way, he's talking about salt and light, being the salt of the world, the light of the world. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus is not calling us to put on a show Right? He's calling us to be formed into his likeness. And here's the coolest part about it. He's invited us into that. Everyone. We've talked about earlier, well, who's invited to be part of the kingdom of God? Every single person. Wow, we get to be image bearers. So it doesn't matter if I disagree with this person. They're an image bearer of God. The Imago Dei is on them. I am to love this person. Does it mean that I agree with everything that they say? No. It does not mean that, but it means that love is first. Love conquers all. It is above all. And who is love? Well, Jesus is love. Who do we get to be more like? We get to be more like Jesus. So why can't I swear by my hair? I personally can't swear by my hair because I don't have any, but here's the deal. You can't either because it's not yours. So what do we say? We say yes. I mean, we don't have to look very far. We, we, we can look, and, and we can look at James, okay? Jesus' little bro, James 5, 12, it says this, but most of all, my brothers and sisters never take an oath. I, mean, I feel like he's just, he's ripping this off his, his big brother, which is cool, right? All right, and he says, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else simply, or just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. So the last question is, do I have it? Do I have integrity? And this is a question that I really want you to ask yourself, and I really want myself. And if you have someone who's a close friend to you or um, let's, say, let's say a spouse or you have a child, you can look at them later and say, do, you, do I have integrity? And you'll get a real answer. But be ready, <laughs> okay? Because sometimes you're like, hey, I just was asking, do you think I have integrity? And it might be like, well, <laughs> you're like, what? All right? And so 
what is Jesus calling us to do? Do I have it? Here's what I would say. I think something Josh said up here is so important and what we were talking about earlier before service is, is this journey we're on. This journey of following Christ. This journey that says, oh, well, I, I, I'm gonna set my goal to be a person of integrity. What happens when you get to that point? Is Jesus done working in your life? And he's gonna give you another opportunity to be a person of integrity. It just continues. This, this journey with Christ is lifelong. We could ask somebody, I knew, I, I gave them an example earlier that said, you know, when I was younger, I knew everything or a lot. And as I became older, and I'm almost 42 now, I'm realizing how much I didn't know and how much I don't know. And but so what does it mean? Well, it means this, we're continuously learning. God is continuously at work. He's continually us continually charging us with, with more and saying, hey, that's awesome. What about this? Do you guys ever get that feeling like, like God, you're still at work? And, you're, and sometimes you're like, God, are you done working? This is uncomfortable at this point. I don't know if I can give this part of you or part of me up to you. You guys ever feel like that? Anybody in the room? No? I'm the only one. I'm the only one? No, okay, other people. Of course we do. Because there's just some stuff that we want to hang on to. But here's what he said. I, I believe this. As we become or we are kingdom people, our lives, okay, what I would call my own life, guess what it does? It begins to shrink away. Now, what does that mean? I'm not an individual anymore. I don't have a self. No, it totally means that, but it's being, it does not, I'm sorry, it does not mean that. It means that your self, your individualness is being submitted at the foot of the cross. That who you are, all right, is actually now your identity is being found in Jesus instead of who you are, me as Andy Baker, who I am. I just want to be more like Jesus. Now, am I... Is that something that I'm working out? Yes. I relate to the words of the Scripture, work out your faith very well. And so my yes as a follower of Christ, your yes as a follower of Christ, should carry beyond the weight of a contract. Now, what does this mean? You're going to be a weirdo and walk into meetings and be like, I ain't signing a contract. I said yes. I don't think you're gonna get very far in business or if you're going to get a loan, like, no, I said yes, my yes is yes, okay? I'm gonna walk into mid-Florida next week, like, Steve, my yes is yes. Take the contract away, all right? No, but it, mean, it does mean this, that when I say yes to someone or something, that it carries the weight or beyond the weight of the contract. That's what it is to be a person of integrity. If it means I've said yes to submit my parenting to God and, and the things that I'm doing with my kids, guess what I'm gonna have to do with my kids then when I mess up? I'm going to, part of that contract, if you will, the yes to submitting myself to God is I'm gonna have to apologize when I mess up. I'm not always right. Screwed that one up. 
Screwed that one up big time. So, and my no should mean no. I think I've told you before, I have a great friend, Greg Mays. His yes and no will surprise you because I believe, and he might not, I think he would agree with this, but he's not gonna boast about it. He is a man of integrity. He's such a man of integrity that sometimes when he tells you no, and yes, it comes across as like kind of blunt. You're like, he didn't sugarcoat that one, did he? Easy things like, Greg, do you want a T-shirt for this thing? What color is it? It's going to be black. No. Where some people would be like, oh, man, that would be delightful to have one. And they just take it, but they never wear it. He's like, no. He did that to me. I was like, bro, can you, like, lighten that one a little bit for me? But he's so, but, and if he tells you yes, you better believe you can. You don't even have to think again about him showing up or doing what he said. He's going to do what he said. That's, that's what it is. And so to be a man or a woman of integrity is that your yes is actual yes, your no is actual no, and that you can move on with life. You're not out to hurt somebody. You're not out to be mean, but your no is no and your yes is yes. Now, I will, let me just close with this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no and let it be thoughtful yeses and thoughtful no's. Because here's what I believe. We're, we're living in an age that demands instantaneous Feedback, reaction, opinion, and stance. Right? Instantaneous. We share things that goes out instantaneous. Oh, my opinion on that? I'm going to tell you what it is. I read two, no, three article headlines. And I'm going to give you my opinion on it. All right? <laughs> and they were from legit sources. What were they? I don't know, but I know that the logo looked good. We've done it. I mean, I'm joking around because we've done it, right? All right? So instantaneous feedback, don't fall into it. I would encourage you for your initial reaction would be this. Take your thoughts captive before the Lord. In an age that demands our opinion immediately, don't give it immediately. Now, there are some things that, that you know, right? And I'm not saying never respond immediately, but other things that we might need to think about. We might need to say, you know, what does it say about it in here? I would encourage you with this. I mean, this isn't just a rote thing. Be in the word of God. Live in the gospels. Everything else, read as well. Live in the gospels. What are we doing with Jesus? We're becoming more like Jesus. So I want to know all about Jesus. Well, where do I start? For me, I'm going to start in John. That's where I'm going to start. All right? 
Told you this before. If you're like, I can only do 16 chapters, go to Mark. Live in the Gospels, though. That's where you want to be. So, a thoughtful reaction, a thoughtful stance, a thoughtful opinion, thoughtful feedback that is based in the Bible, that is based on the gospel, that allows our yes to be yes and our no to be no, which allows us then to be people of integrity. We're gonna do something different now. You wanna come up, Chuck? This was suggested to me. I didn't come up with this, but if you don't know, my family and I um, are leaving on a trip to, (laughs) I just, like, whoa, okay. I know, thank you. Here it is. (laughs) Just turn that on. Uh, we're leaving on a we're leaving on a trip, and, and what we're doing is um, we're hiking um, a portion of the Appalachian Trail. So we're hiking 115 miles of it with some friends of ours that are going to then they're going to continue on and do all uh, 2168 miles of it. Um, so you guys wanted to pray yep. for us, and so I think Jen's going to be coming in. Mia, the fam's going to be coming in here. So I guess you can take it over from there. Yeah. Do we have a handheld on, Rick? Check it. There you go. About four. About yeah. four months. So they're gone. They're going to be gone ten days. The strawberries are going to be gone four months, hiking the entire trail. So this is. You know, I'd like to, as we extend our hands in, in prayer for the bakers, also extend hands in prayer, pray for the, the strawberries as they guide them to back in. So let's let's pray. You know, Father, as we come before you, we lift uh, Andy and Jen and the, and the family to you, and we ask that you would protect them. So just from an accountability standpoint, all my kids have said yes. 
So that's where this whole thing buttons up, all right, in this lesson. No, but um, we're super excited. We're actually taking off right after service today. Yeah, no. So here's what I want to thank you guys for praying with us. Um, so my encouragement to you as we leave this place today is to, if you're a person, um, and we're, we're all guilty of this to some degree, if you're a person that extends truth, okay, which means lies, all right, or, or your no is not really a no and your yes is not a yes, here's what I, I would just challenge you. Here's what I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to leave today feeling like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm not good enough. No. Here's what I want you to leave today. I want you to say, God, would you allow me to be more like you in my life? Can my yes be yes? Can I be a person of integrity? Can my life be lived out in such a way that it looks like Jesus? And that's what I want to encourage you with. So if you would stand with me.